Hello and welcome back to the ring. I, of course, and your host, the one and only. Yes, yes, it's me. It's B.O.B. And with me, as always, is my trusty sidekick, the consigliere of the Dr. Bob medical practice, the one and only Rob the lawyer. He's the man who will get you the best deal when you're bilking Tony Khan for money. Rob the lawyer, how are you, Rob? I'm doing okay, all things considered. Battling a cold, but we're, you know, we're doing this. We're, we're going to power we're, through. We're trudging through. Trudging yep. through. Yeah, I know I've had an upper, upper respiratory thing for like the past couple days, and I'm like, I don't even know. It's making my voice even more nasally than it already is. So. Oh, same here. <laughs> you can just call us the nasal brothers. Well, no, that doesn't that doesn't sound right either. No, that, that, that sounds wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> That sounds like a that sounds like a bad Vince Russo, Vince Russo gimmick. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, speaking of Vince Russo, I watched the Bash, Bash at the Beach 2000 uh paper or uh, Dark Side of the Ring the other night. Man, that guy is annoying as fuck. <laughs> like every other word, bro, bro, bro. It's wrestling. It's just wrestling. And I'm like, oh, dude. God. Just, Shut up. I'm surprised you're able to watch that. Well, it was, I watched it for Jeff Jarrett because I was like, Jarrett's going to be the only one without a horse in the race. He's going to tell it, you know, his side of the story probably pretty straight down the middle. I knew Bischoff was going to lie or, or twist the truth or not remember things because that's the, that's what he does. And of course, Russo, I don't think he can, I don't think Russo even knows what the truth is or even cares anymore. <laughs> he just, you know, but whatever. Anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the experience. The Marty Jannetty one was pretty good too. That was uh, I'd say it was sad, but <clears throat> he kind of he just he does it to himself, and he has like zero self awareness that oh, I'm kind of I've kind of fucked up everything in my career. It's all my fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he self-sabotaged himself big time. Yeah, he really did. Because, I mean, because everything that I've heard is he was supposed to have a huge push just like Sean right mm -hmm. after the breakup. And that he uh, was like he went to jail, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, I think yeah. so. For like, um, I th well, I may be conflating a bunch of his issues, but I think there was like a drug issue that caused him to a, go to jail, right? Yeah, cocaine uh, possession, yeah. I think, at, yeah. a, at, a, at a nightclub or a strip club or something. Which I didn't even know you could get arrested for possession of cocaine in a strip club. I thought they just kind of handed you cocaine, handed that to you as soon as you walked in the door. Oh, well, it was the early '90s, so yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that only works if you're in Miami. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, all right, so uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week. I went to a AEW show uh, last week. It was last, uh, not, not not this past Saturday, but not the, the 12th Saturday before. But yes. Yeah. The, uh, the, the fifth. fifth, the fifth, I was at AEW collision. It was a fun show. It was, uh, all things considered. It wasn't the best collision episode. Um, couple of things that really stuck out one. The AEW crowd is so hard to be a part of. Like, why is that? Well, like in a WWE crowd, for the most part, 
you boo the heels, you cheer the baby faces. It's pretty straight and straightforward, right? Yeah. The only people I could, the only person that we booed really, really, really booed the whole night was Mercedes Martinez and uh, Big Bill and Brian Cage. Okay. Uh, everybody else, like Jay, uh, uh, Switchblade Jay White is out there having a match. And I'm like, and he's like, you know, being an asshole and being a heel and like trying to get people and they, they just won't boo and they're cheering him. You know what I mean? They're cheering him because he's a cool, he's a cool heel, man. He's cool. You know? Oh. So, <laughs> badass, as Moxley would say. Badass. So they're working this. So basically the AEW fans are just smart fans. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're, you know, uh, smarks. They're going to, you know, cheer who they want to cheer regardless. The crowd was split down the middle between Punk and uh, and Ricky Starks, which was, I mean, it was fun. You know, Punk's kind of <clears throat> headed towards a heel thing anyway with the, the real world's championship and all of that. But he's still technically the baby face and Ricky Steamboat's out there with him. And it was just, I don't know. But all in all, it was the, the wrestling was pretty good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The the wrestling, the the actual in ring stuff was all right. Uh, House of Black had a match which I didn't care for, but all in all, I mean, I had a good time. You know, yeah. all things considered, especially for the price, like that was the one thing that was really was really good. Is I had a pretty good seat. I was in row E, kind of uh, not right on the hard cam, but kind of the next section over from the from where the hard cam sits, or from across from the hard cam you know what i mean yeah yeah and uh so i had really good seats i you know it was one of those times where you're close enough to the ring where you just watch what's going on in the ring you don't even really pay attention to any of the video screens so that was nice uh all in all though i'd recommend it if you get a chance to go to collision anybody out there any of our 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 tens of fans which i'm being very generous with us this week (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, any of our tens and fans, if you get a chance to go to uh, Collision, uh, definitely do it. Just don't expect to be able to uh, uh, boo the heels like you should because uh, there's there's a good chance they're going to end up cheering for them. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? We had SummerSlam. SummerSlam 2023. What did you think of the show overall? Not my favorite PLE. Yeah? I don't know what it was. I mean, the matches were good. I don't know if it was the um, finish with how long the Bloodline feud is going on, Mm -hmm. I guess. But it just didn't... I don't know. There was something about it that just didn't feel like a big show to me. And I can't put my finger on what it was. Maybe it was the fact that they had to include a, you know, a sponsored battle royal. Yeah. And I get why they do it because they're new or I guess renewed or um, renegotiated sponsorship deal with Slim Jim. Mm-hmm. But it just felt like it's just like you had AJ Styles, you had Austin Theory, you had um, Miz. And I'm trying to think who else was in the battle royal because there was just so many. But you could have had a bunch of people like uh, Karrion Crush. You could have had a bunch of those matches. Like pair, uh, a bunch of those wrestlers wrestle in singles matches or tag matches or something. It just seemed 
force to put them on the card. And I'm not even caring that, you know, Becky and Trish got moved to uh, Monday Night Raw uh, next week. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, this, this coming week tomorrow, I think it is, right? The 14th? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that doesn't bother me too much. Um, it just, I don't know, just felt like a, I want to say almost like the first time it just felt, something just felt off about the whole thing. Like it felt like almost like it was a promotional um, show. Maybe not it was like a secondary like, pay-per-view or something? Not, not a secondary pay-per-view, but it was just there to promote sponsors. Mm. Mm. Like even with Logan Paul, because I think, what does is, what is he, what does he um, sell? Prime, I think. Yeah, Prime, the energy. Yeah, it, I don't know. It just felt like it was just like one giant show, but like for advertisers. Hmm. I, I don't know. I don't, just something, something, like I said, something just felt off. It didn't feel like any of the other shows. It didn't feel like last year's SummerSlam, you know, which was like a big deal because I think that was like Triple H's first one. Yeah. Uh, back in, when, in a sense, taking power and everything felt like, you know, you just had like a sense of, um, there was like an excitement in the air for the first one. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was about it. Maybe because you had like some like you know the, the, the return slash debut of Damage Control, you had um you know title changes happening. It just felt I don't know. I just, something just felt really off about the show. I liked the matches. I loved you know I thought Logan Paul having to cheat to win was good. I thought you know the I didn't really understand the um, overbooked. Um, you know Roman Reigns main event match because yeah. you have those stipulations all you can't interfere and then it's like oh look they're interfering two minutes into it or five minutes into it yeah I know and I just I just thought I just thought something was a, it almost felt it was promoted it had we knew what matches we were expected but it felt almost like the matches were thrown together like just to try to make something work I don't know and for some reason I thought um you know, like for some reason, I I didn't even understand. Like I, I thought that that Slim Jim Battle Royale was also supposed to be like, uh, uh you know, like um, the kickoff thing. Like, <laughs> like on I the didn't pre-show. Gonna, yeah, like, I didn't even realize it was going to be in the in the middle of the show too. So that was just weird to me. <laughs> I think it really suffered from a pacing problem. To be honest with you, that might be the best way to explain it. I think that's what I was trying to say. Remember, I think because you start off. You start off hot with Logan Paul and Ricochet, and they had a great yeah. match. You know, I of course you know how I feel about Ricky, so I credit Logan Paul more with how great, how good that match was than Ricochet, simply because he, I mean, he did a lot of his big stuff, but he did try to keep it more on the ground and grounding yeah. Ricochet, and there was a good, there was good psychology at work in that match. Um, to keep Ricochet from high flying. And that's, you know, and then Logan Paul, of course, getting the brass knuckles to cheat, to win. He needed a big win in a pay-per-view. Ricochet was a perfect person to hand that to him. Yeah. You know, uh, that match was good, but I think what really suffered is, is Cody and Brock going on so early in the show. Yeah. I wanted to ask, why was that booked? Cause Brock that early. Did, Cause Brock wanted to go home. So then take then put then do what you did at Mania and put put them first. Well Logan Logan had to get on his flight first. Logan's flight left before Brock's did. I swear to God that's that's that that's what happened. Because Logan oh, wanted to fly to Vegas to see his brother fight. Cause you know, Jake Paul had a boxing match that night. So See, you know, then I, I didn't know that. And this is the problem then when you hire 
or when you have these like part-time deals with celebrities, yeah, you know, who aren't in this. I mean, I don't think Bad Bunny had an issue with it, but obviously you screwed up the pacing because you need you need a filler match in between Logan Paul Rick, Ricochet versus and Cody Rhodes Brock. Mm-hmm. You can't have two hot matches, you know. Especially okay, I don't think there was a big um, hype in terms of like people wanting to see this Logan Paul Ricochet match. I think we all knew it was going to be a high spot match, but no one was like, "Oh, this is like a must see match." I mean, there but people people were drawn in the Cody and Brock. This was like their, yeah. you know, if we're talking about co main events and stuff like that, this was their co main event. And you don't you don't put them you don't you don't like you never saw WCW start like sort of pay per view off with its you know hot cruiserweight division and then put on you know um, another cruiserweight match right after like Eddie Guerrero versus. Um, D Malenko. You didn't, they, they would start the show. They wouldn't. That you wouldn't have two two of them back to back. Two of them back to back, and that's basically what you had here. Yeah, yeah. I think that oh, uh, I don't know. There was that, and, and you know, yeah, like you said, it's a main event that's the second match of the pay per view instead of closer to the end where you would expect it to be. So again, like we got the big Cody win that everybody was looking for at the very beginning. And then the rest of the pay-per-view just kind of felt like, okay, well, let's just watch these matches. Yeah. If that makes any sense, because that's what, that was the, that was the match I was coming to SummerSlam to see was Cody and Brock because, you know, that's the one that to me, because I'm done with the bloodline stuff. I don't care anymore. It's, it's, it's boring as hell to me on TV. It's even worse on the pay-per-views and we'll get to that in a second. Um, I'm, but following the Brock match, putting the battle royal in there wasn't a bad idea because again you get that big pop with L.A. Knight because yeah, everybody wanted him to win. He got the big win, so you get two of like the fan favorite wins that everybody really wanted to see back to back. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so, too it's too early. Yeah, but I would have. I honestly, I thought it was one of the best battle royals I've seen in a long time because there were storylines taking place within the battle royal you know well see and, and that's the nice part about his booking now because he's booking that mid cards have feuds yeah so you had like these cross styles feud going on you had um uh um, well, and uh, uh yeah. bronson reed and uh tomaso champa yeah uh, you had all these nice little like reasons for them to be fighting each other not just Oh, I'm a I'm a heel. You're a face. So I'm gonna start punching you. Imperium Gable eliminated both of the Imperium guys, which yeah. you know, like it was. There were a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff going on. Omos <laughs> looked great, you know. Which again, you know, if you're gonna have a battle royal, you gotta have a giant in it, and he's yep. perfect. He's a giant. And everything I've read of him in interviews and people talking about him is just, he seems like he's, he gets it. Like he gets his role in WWE and, and appreciates his role and is enjoying it. So yeah, it's nice to have, he doesn't have a big ego. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice to have a giant that wants to be an attraction. Does no realizes he can't be on TV every week because that takes away from it. But yeah, you know, um, so again, that was good, and then you slow things to a snail's pace with the Shayna Baszler Ronda Rousey match, which I don't think it was a bad match. I just think it wasn't the match for a SummerSlam crowd, if that makes any sense, because it was 
you know, it, it was slow. And Ronda's not that good, so Shayna was having to basically carry the match. It did have a couple of good spots. When Shayna kicked Ronda in the side of the head, I about busted out of my seat. Because <laughs> I'm uh, not a Ronda Rousey fan. But, uh, so again, there you slow it down. Then you get the Gunther match, which... I was confused by this. I I forgot that Drew McIntyre came back. <laughs> I forgot that he was challenging Gunther. And I... Gunther. And I swear... I swear, I thought even you posted it, that Gable was challenging him at SummerSlam. I thought that was the match. So I was very confused <laughs> seeing seeing like you know seeing Gable in the battle where I'm like, oh yes, he's going double duty. And then seeing Drew McIntyre, I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I because didn't you post something? Didn't didn't he say something like like he, he went to war with Gun, Gun, Gunther and then like I'll, I'll see you at SummerSlam or something like that? He had the match on the go home show. To go home raw, he had that match with Gunther where it was, well, you know, Gunther's like, I can beat you in five minutes. And like, yeah. Gable's, Gable's like, five minutes, I'll take it. And uh, then, of course, he lasted the five minutes and Gunther asked for more time and got it. But that was, I don't know. I like Drew McIntyre as a person. Um, and I think he's good as a uh, baby face, but yeah. this match, and I hate to say this, that wasn't as good as the Sheamus match. No, no. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where the bar is set with Gunther right now. Like you're going to have to be better than that. I think Gable and Gunther is going to be better than Shable, than Sheamus and Gunther simply because I think Gable's, move set is going to make Gunther do more more different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so, you know, again there was and it was a slow match. Gunther and Drew, you know, had a, a it was a hard-hitting match, but again it was another slow-paced match. So you got two slow-paced matches right after all of this build up. So the crowd's like dying. Then you get Seth versus Finn, which was good but i don't I, I don't i hate to say it wasn't great but it had another one of those kind of funky uh finishes you know what i mean yeah yeah and uh so i don't know i'm surprised finn didn't pick up a win he went own three in this series right yeah yeah, like that doesn't uh, make sense to me. I miss. I I almost want to say I miss John Cena booking when you win the first match and then get buried in the next two. This should have this this should have been. Um, I mean, I know Seth went zero three against Cody, so maybe this was like, you know, his um, his his, his like uh, I don't want to say payback, but his like yeah reward for doing the job. But yeah. it's like, why did Finn have to lose three times? Granted, they were never really clean losses, but. I don't know. Well, the thing the like... thing that makes it worse is it kind of makes Finn look like an idiot because he's lost three times and two of those three losses are because him or somebody in his group screwed something up. Yeah, you I know? mean, I know what they're doing. They're getting ready to introduce JD McDonough to mm-hmm. into the. Did I pronounce his name right? I want to say I did. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. I, into the into the mix. I know they were teasing that on Raw again. Which is nice because I mean Damien I think has outgrown the Judgment Day, 
And but can you? I don't think you can separate Damien and uh, Rhea. No, you don't get rid of Rhea. I think that's the that that that's the problem. Well, I, I mean, think... well, here, here's what you can do: you can separate. Or no, 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 no. I'm sorry. You said in Damien. I'm I'm thinking Dominic. Sorry. Oh no, Dom, not Dominic. No, 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 no. Yeah, Damien. I think Damien. Either Damien's going to turn babyface, or they're going to kick yeah. Finn out. See, I can't see them doing that because they already kicked out Edge. You can't keep kicking out the leader. Well, he's not the leader. Rhea's the leader. I don't know why people. No one seems to understand this. Rhea Ripley is the leader of the Judgment. Day. Yeah, but okay. Yes, I agree with you one hundred percent. But the public perception of you know the majority of fans think Finn is the leader of Judgment Day. Okay. Well, those those majority. I don't care how many of them are, there are. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. It's always been Rhea. You know, I mean, she's she is the one who calms everybody down. She's the one who settles all the disputes. Anytime people are bickering, she's the one who has to put her foot down and yell at people. Yeah. You know? So I think uh, I think yeah. people no, need definitely to get is. used to the fact that there's a woman in charge of a of a faction that's comprised of mostly men. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really what it is. I think the. People... I mean, also, she's really the only one with the gold. I mean, I guess Dom has, you know, Dirty Dom has the uh, North American Championship, but Rhea was the first, and Rhea still is the one is the you know the top star in that group. You know, if they if Dom could cut promos, not saying that Dom can't talk, just saying that they've never let him talk. But yeah. if he could cut promos, he needs to crow about how his dad was never the North American Champion. He really does. I think he did that once in one promo, um, and it was one of those like internet exclusive promos. Yeah, but he need that needs to be done every time. Just it would be so annoying, but in a way, in a in a in a cocky annoying way, you know. Well, yeah, because the North American Championship didn't exist when <laughs> I know at any point in Rey Mysterio's career. So it's it's uh, that's what makes it even better. Like. You're crowing about something that could possibly never have happened. You know, you know what I'm realizing? So, so he wins the North American title, right? Yeah. Ray just won the U.S. title. Yes. They're, I mean, yes, okay. Forget. I, I don't think they're going to reference the fact that they're both mid-card titles. But you could make the argument that, said, that you know, like, um, Dom is, like, still one step above Ray because you may just be the U.S. champion, but I got, I got, um, all of Canada with me too, you know, because in, in, with my Canada championship, and Mexico, yeah, Canada, Mexico. I am the North American type champion. Yeah, I've yeah, got, yeah. You're the, I think just the would... champion of the United States. Yeah. I'm the champion of an entire continent. Yeah, they should, they could go with that. They could have so much. They could do so They've much done with it that now. Before, Remember? no, I know they have, but they could do it with Dom and Ray. I mean, it would be. I would love it. Well, and the fact that they're on different shows, so Dom can just crow about it, and there's like. Zero chance of any any retribution from Ray because Ray's on SmackDown. Until Survivor Series, when somehow they like they both have to face each other because they're both holding mid card titles. LWO versus the Judgment Day in a traditional yeah. Survivor Series match. That'd be good. I think they should do traditional Survivor Series matches this year. I do. Yeah. I think yeah. you've got you've got enough factions or enough groups oh, yeah. of people you could put together. I mean, Imperium versus Alpha Academy. Uh, you know, the LWO versus LWO Judgment versus... Day would be good. You know, get 
get some of those go back to the original formula of what survivor series was 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 this you know team combat because the brand supremacy thing is stupid there's no reason for it it's it's never it's because what do you win if you win brand supremacy you don't it's not like you know the all-star game in baseball where you know whoever wins the all-star game has the home field advantage in the world series it's just it, it it doesn't make any sense. It's it's having matches to have lazy booking. <laughs> yeah. But um so yeah, so there was Sid and uh Seth and Finn and then uh Bianca Belair, Oscar and Charlotte. This match was awful. I'm sorry. But it, it really was. was. It was it was. No, there's no there was no chemistry there. And then you see on SmackDown, what was it, Oscar versus Charlotte? Yeah. And you saw chemistry, and you gotta wonder. Wait, I don't think you have to wonder where the chem- where, where where things started to lack. Well, it was it was so slow. Like yeah. the whole match took place at like this snail's pace that you're like, how did like I've seen these all these women wrestle before? Well, Bianca's matches do tend to happen because she's how do I put this? Bianca is a um, rookie kind of, I mean, she's not a rookie anymore, but she's still young. She's still young. She's still very green, but she also, it's, it's, she does the same thing that, that Natty does. It's, it's sequence wrestling. She wrestles in sequences, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, Oscar and Charlotte do that a little bit, but they also have the ability to improvise or if something doesn't quite work, they'll, work around it or or something like that. Whereas I think Bianca, if something doesn't go right, she completely, she gets lost very easily in a match. And I think that's why it had to be so slow. Yeah, I can buy that. Because she didn't, she would forget where she needed to be or some, you know, like, you know, and they set up, there was a lot of kind of contrived spots in that match. So I was like, "Mm, really? Like, yeah, you spent a lot of time setting up this one spot instead of just having a a, a match. Plus, it like because in, in triple threats, it needs to be fast paced. You know, boom, boom, boom. Somebody always needs to be breaking up something else that somebody's doing. That's how yeah. they work best. And in this one, it was like, okay, well, uh, we'll do this and this and this, and then uh, Charlotte, you lay down on the floor for a while while Bianca and. Asuka have a singles match that's really slow, and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, all in all, and I didn't like Bianca getting the win right before EO. I thought that EO should have cashed in on Asuka, would have made it better for them to have, for that feud, than to have uh, <laughs> yeah, Bianca. Yeah, I agree with that, because it, it's obvious they're going to be feuding very shortly. If not, if not, if she's not the next one, I mean, I'm sure Bianca will have a claim to, you know, want the, you know, to get a rematch because that was her whole issue that she wasn't given a rematch with Asuka and Charlotte right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure she'll be there and it'll probably be a throwaway pay-per-view. But I mean, Asuka and Io are destined to fight each other for this title. Yeah. And I want to see what they can do. I want to see what those two can do in the ring when there's not a language barrier. Cause oh, they would. They should tear the house down. I mean, they're both. If I mean, they're both highly capable wrestlers who have put on some amazing matches against, um, you know, pretty much anyone on the roster. And then now you put them one on one. 
with each other who are, you know, again, highly talented, they should be able to tear the house down. It's given the right amount of time. I and mean, if you're given, I, I'm looking at it right now. You're, you gave Bianca, Charlotte, and Oscar 20 minutes to tell a match. Mm-hmm. You can give at least um, EO and Oscar. Oh, I, I would give them. 15. I would give them 20. I would easily give them 20 minutes. Oh, I, I would easily give them 20. But if you're going to give, my, my thing is, I mean, we we know historically, it's not always something they're going to get. But well, okay, it, okay, there, Russo. Historically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now don't you ever compare me to Rooster again. <laughs> Sorry. All I'm saying is, you know, I mean, we we want to give. I want them to have as much time as possible. They should get as much time as possible. I'll take 15 minutes. Yeah, that's the bare minimum. Give them 15 minutes to tell a story, and it will be, you know, a Dave Meltzer five star in the oh, Tokyo yeah. kind of thing. Definitely, because I mean, the like I, like you were saying, the that 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 match. Between Charlotte and Asuka on Raw or on SmackDown was Smackdown. fantastic. It was. I mean, it, like, it, I'm not saying it changed my opinion of Charlotte, but it's getting me to the point where, okay, I can see myself being a Charlotte fan because she's like, you know, I'm appreciating what she's able to do. I, I like Charlotte. I've always been a fan of Charlotte. I think that, uh, I think sometimes she gets too far in her own head. She's got major confidence issues. Like Flair did, like like Rick always had. So, I think if she's if she's feeling it, she can be really good in the ring. But if she's not feeling it, I think she missteps or tries yeah. too hard to overcompensate. So I can see that. I can agree with that because she was she had some matches. Her matches with Becky, especially uh, when they had their initial feud over the title. Their initial title feud was fantastic. Um, anytime she went up against uh, Sasha, it was good. She's she's a good wrestler. Uh, you know, yeah, I but mean, is, okay. Her, is her she match, one of those wrestlers? Sorry, go ahead. Her match with Rhea Ripley in the pandemic WrestleMania was the match of the was the match of the show. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not all Rhea Ripley because Rhea Ripley was still still pretty green right there. Yeah. You know, yeah. well, I mean, not green, but green to the WWE, I guess. Green to the WWE style, yes. yeah. Um, so yeah, all of that. EO ends up with the championship, which is fine. I'm good, you know, good for EO. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of hers because you know most of her matches tend to be her kind of screwing shit up until she hits a moonsault. But uh, then again. She's come a long way since she was NXT champion, so we'll, we'll, I'll, I will reserve judgment for her main roster title run. Um, then we had what was probably the biggest waste of my time, of everyone's time, of the whole damn night. It was a half hour. 40, over 36 hour. minutes. And does that, that doesn't even count the entrances. Nope. Because the entrances were another twelve minutes, and it—it's not like it was thirty-six minutes of up and down. You know, get you know you got you know a lot of really fast stuff happening, and somebody gets a leg lock or something. You kind of slow it down, and they take you on a roller coaster. This was thirty-six minutes of move, walk around, milk, move, move, walk around, milk. Like it was, you know, set up furniture, hit with a chair, walk around the ring three times, hit him with the chair again, walk around the ring two times. Like 
it was the triple threat happened at a snail's pace. This thing happened almost in a reverse because it was just so slow and monotonous and like, Oh my God. It was like watching a paint drying competition or a grass growing competition in real time. That's what I said on the internet. Like it's just nothing happened. No, I agree. It was, I don't know what it was. Like I said, this entire show just seems so weird to me. And I almost feel like they were just shooting highlights on this one. You know, I was like, okay, we're going to set up a highlight here. This is going to be something that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was, it was just, it was too drawn out. And it wasn't even drawn out because it was people fighting too long. It was drawn out because of all the setups. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really sucked because we've seen Roman and Jay Uso have a great match. Yeah. We- I know. They said Roman got hurt in the middle in the, in the first five minutes of the match, but then you do the reasonable thing and cut down the match to like ten minutes, twenty minutes. You know, yeah. you don't have your undisputed universal champion wrestling thirty minutes with a bum, whatever it is. Like it was a was a back injury, a hip injury, leg injury, hip whatever. injury. Yeah, yeah. What I, 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 that's what I think I read, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So like. I agree. And you get yeah you, you, you get the match done quicker. Mm-hmm. I, I also mean, thirty six minutes was too was 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 them reacting to that and trying to speed things up. I I'm, I'm I would be shocked. Mm-hmm. I think it also and this is somebody pointed this out. I was talking to I forget who I was talking to. This was a while ago, but we were saying you know these these no DQ matches should happen fast. They should be over with fairly quickly because it should be vicious and it should look violent. You know, does that make sense in the action? It should be like throwing everything you can at somebody just to keep them down. It shouldn't be super drawn out and shouldn't take, you know, they, they should be 10, 15 minutes of just absolute car crash action. And then that's it. You know what I mean? Because I agree. I agree with that, but it depends on the feud. I mean, yeah, because we're about to, I'm I'm about to review a do DQ match that lasted well over half an hour that I really loved. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, here's the problem with with just like, you know, one of the last things I'll talk about in this match, unless you want to keep going into it. Um, Okay. So you have Roman and Jay who are obviously family members Mm -hmm. and no one in the family wants to beat up on the other family. I mean, yeah, they hate each other right now, but this is not like I want to make you physically unable to wrestle again. This is I want to beat you into submission so you recognize me or the other as the tribal chief of yeah. the family. So it's not like I'm out to kill you kind of field yeah, feud. It's so they're not going to go all that hard. But anyone else like the let's use a stupid um no DQ match Brock versus Dean Ambrose yeah that should have been done in five ten minutes mm-hmm. because I mean they kind of hated each other there was no respect there I guess so yeah if Ambrose wants to come out with a you know uh cactus on a pole to try to jam it up uh Lesnar somewhere that would make sense because there's they're not going to hold back but family's going to hold back so for this match I kind of get why they wouldn't throw the kitchen sink in there but for a normal DQ match, 100%. It that's, should be done in 10 minutes. You shouldn't be doing 30 minutes trying to 
you know, maim each other. It should be 10 minutes. You got, you got what you need and you're done. <laughs> That's going to be a new stipulation. A cactus on a pole. Cactus yeah, on a pole that. match. A cactus yeah. jack on a pole match. Oh. <laughs> and Mox is going to do it. I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll use it all in London. I mean, they haven't booked anything yet for it, so. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing is the London show is like. I'm like, what are these matches? The only match that I've seen that it hasn't even been made official yet is CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, and I'm like, well, that'll be good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, we've seen it. All but in be is good. the all in is now going to be the go home show for all outs. Is that what the next yeah. show is? Yeah, because it's yeah. the next week. Why would you book? I, you know what? <clears throat> but yeah, because I would do it the opposite. I would have all your big matches at all in. And then and the all, out be the all out rematch and then all out be pretty much rematches from all in with maybe a stipulation or two change something, yeah. you know, instead of let's just give this audience because, you know, the London audiences, they've, they've already paid, you know, yep. <laughs> well, we'll just give them whatever screw trying to get any kind of return. And also here's the other thing. And I've mentioned this a couple of times. Is this show even going to make money? You would hope. You know, because, I mean, if it were, okay, it's full, yes. But ticket prices weren't that much. And you've got to take your whole set and all of your guys overseas. And that's not cheap. Nope. (laughs) Flying, flying cargo, flying freight overseas is not cheap, you know. Um, And I know, you know, WWE did it, but WWE is also like, they're like, I'm sure Tony Khan had to pay to rent Wembley. Yeah. Whereas stadiums pay WWE to come to them. For the most part. Or offer incentives. You know, or offer incentives or, you know, I'm sure that they got a deal. I'm sure Triple H got a deal for Clash at the Castle and they got a deal for the money in the bank pay-per-view. Yeah. I'm sure that it wasn't the regular rented price. I'll guarantee you Tony Khan paid the regular rented price because they don't know who in the fuck AEW is. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) But... I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll be curious to see if the show actually makes a profit and how much of a profit it actually makes. The only thing I'm interested to see about that show is if ninety thousand people are going to be talk, chanting "boring" at him. I would I mean, laugh I my know. I would laugh so hard if the fans just turn on this show because well, a you don't know what's going to be there and b every everything it underperforms like in the ring. The, and it's just underwhelming, and you have an entire ninety thousand audience members chanting in unison, "Boring, oh yeah, boring." And, and this isn't like even a, a like a U.S. crowd, which is like you got to really be bad for it to be boring. Unless you're the WWE, then you know. Just remember a few years before AEW, when all the AEW fans were going to WWE shows and chanting "boring," yeah, because they have no fucking class. Um, this is a British crowd, which is rowdy, yeah. and they will let you know what they think in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. So <laughs> that's why and- those. 
those British, those the Clash of the Castle and Money in the Bank had to be good pay-per-views because if not, they will let you know. Oh, yeah. And I can see, um, you know, Tony being completely um, at a loss. I mean, I think I, I think I read an article this week that he was sad that Jericho versus um, somebody didn't get a five-star match. Yeah. And he was like literally. I, I mean, I don't, I don't. Again, I don't believe any of these people. But the fact that that's like a narrative out there that he was sad, I can kind of, I can kind of buy that. I, I, he's very emotionally invested in this, and if things don't go the way he wants, he can have a fit. Well, yeah, he's emotionally invested in. He's emotionally invested in Meltzer's star ratings. Yes, yes. Which is so the, I can buy that story. I'm not saying it happened. I just oh, say I can buy it. Oh no! And I can I, see him re- reacting horribly if the. London crowd turns on him. I can completely believe it because you know that's what that's the important thing to him. It doesn't matter if the company makes money. It doesn't matter if it gets uh, television ratings. It doesn't matter what the buy rates for the pay per views are, as long as Meltzer gives them for all the matches four and five stars and talks about how good he is and he wins Booker of the Year. Does Booker of the Year and five bucks get you a cup of coffee at McDonald's? <laughs> right? Because, I mean, and let's be completely honest, Triple H has ran away as far as booking a wrestling show this year compared yeah. to Tony Khan. <laughs> like, it's not even close. So, yeah. maybe New Japan will win it this year. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> That's New fine. Japan I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So, as long as it's not Tony. All right. Well, speaking, going from a SummerSlam that was, eh, all right, to a SummerSlam that blew my goddamn socks off, <laughs> our retro review this week, or this episode, is SummerSlam 2002. I think this might have the highest rating I've ever, highest grade I've ever given a pay-per-view ever. Really? Yes. What did you get this? Overall? Overall? Uh, it got a, hold on. See, now I'm feeling like Meltzer with my grades. <laughs> it got an A minus. You know, I'm right with you. hundred percent. I'm right with you. I was, in, I was, I was torn between B plus A minus, but then I remember the Eddie edge match. And I'm like, okay, no A minus. Yeah. So, uh, SummerSlam 2002 coming to you from long Island. So we're right in their backyard of the WWE territory. <laughs> Uh, this has the split uh, uh, commentary team. So we got Cole and Taz on SmackDown and JR and King on Raw. Both teams did a great job, I thought. Um, I like Taz on commentary here. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, well, I think he adds something. He adds something to the commentary as far as a believability in a... Uh, um, I don't know how to put it. Legitimacy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, um, I don't think he's great by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, they're in the B show. Cole is 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 Michael Cole. He's just he's still just getting his feet wet. But uh, I don't know. I, uh, the, I thought the commentary helped in this in this show. Yeah, which didn't need a whole lot of help. All the matches were good. Speaking of matches, first match right out of the gate, 
What a great way to open up a pay-per-view. Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. Oh, um, I get, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that match again. The uh, Finally, we get the You Suck Kurt Angle chants. I've been waiting for those to start showing up, so I'm glad we're getting those. <laughs> um, hot start with Ray attacking Kurt. Uh, there was a great, uh, where they do the, uh, I forget, was it a, um, he was going for the, not the sunset flip, but the, the roll up where the, you come off the ropes and Kurt rolls right through it and comes into an ankle lock on Ray. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what that was. Shoot. Now I want to see that at the end, but I know what you're talking about. I remember it was like the very quick sequence where Ray looks like he's going to be able to get a pin, but nope. R- angle rolls right through and it's to the ankle lock. Um, they started a hundred miles per hour and it was fantastic. There was, you couldn't see through any of it. Um, once angle gets on top, he slows it down, which is fantastic. Uh, counter after counter in this match. Um, the hope spots that Ray got were so well-timed because it was like Kurt would be on top for a little while. Then Ray would get a little hope spot and Kurt would shut it right back down. Um, the single leg Boston crab that angle got on Ray looked like it hurt. Like you wouldn't believe, um, there was the uh, uh, Kurt Angle goes for an angle slam and Ray counters it into an arm drag, which I still like. I watched it like three times. I still can't figure out exactly how he did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Then there's the spot where uh, Angle's out on the floor and Ray, like the referee, backs Ray off and Ray dives over the ref. So that's probably about three to four foot inside of the ring. He jumps over the back of the ref over the top rope and lands perfectly on Kurt angle. Um, I like that spot because it's from what I remember seeing that the ref was arguing with Kurt angle. So it made sense that Kurt was in position to take that move. Whereas mm-hmm. opposed it's just them waiting around. Yeah. Kurt I wasn't think... just standing there and he looked dazed too. If I remember correctly, like yeah, he, he was, was. kind of like, huh, what, what's going on? Um, the springboard leg drop was fantastic. That gets a two count. He hits the six one nine, a West coast pop, but that only gets a two, uh, hits a springboard drop kick. And then there's, um, I wrote top rope flub. That must have been, I don't, oh, that's when he, uh, he had angle up on the top, up on the top turnbuckle. And he was going for, I think, a Hurricane Rana off of the top. And uh, angle kind of, angle was supposed to come down and grab his ankle at the same time. Or something like that, and, and it yeah, just didn't but, work I mean, out. It didn't flow, but he got it, the, it. It was still there, you know. Yeah, and he but ankle got he got right into the ankle the ankle lock, and Ray yeah. Mysterio tapped out. Fantastic match, great way to open a pay per view. I gave it an A. Same. Yep. I wanted to give it an A plus, but I didn't want to be too. Um, I don't know. I I, I, the, I, I didn't want to be too picky, but the the flub that you called yeah yeah it was noticeable enough where i know what they were trying to do and they didn't hit it perfect so i didn't want to give it a perfect score so this is like a 99 out of 100 yep so it's not an you know it's not a a plus which to me is perfect but it's right there yep it was beautiful dave Meltzer gave this a three and a three and three and three quarter stars so you know of course he did so that just shows you where um you know 
it's there's already a bias there. Well, you know, if technically, in my okay, so when I do Botsper, great. When yeah. I do my uh, um, hello, I'm here. Okay, when I do the because I I put a number value to the grades, so I can add them all up and then divide by the matches so I can get the average. Because that's how I get my overall is I average out all of the matches okay. for the thing. So an A is is a four. So that technically would be a four-star match, yeah. I guess. So, But according to Dave in that recent interview he did, three and three quarters, four stars is the same thing. <laughs> yeah, sure it is. No, it's right. not. No. A B plus and an A are not the same thing. I'm sorry. And the three and three quarters would be, yeah, that would be an A minus B plus somewhere around in there. So fuck off, Dave. Uh, let's <laughs> see. We get Stephanie and Eric Bischoff in the office. That was kind of creepy. And Stephanie's definitely not ready for the position that she's in. I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as far as the, she does not present herself as an authority figure yet. She will. We all know she will because she gets got booed out of the building every time she was a GM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but uh, there, not so much. Um, let's see. Next match, Jericho and Flair. Um, Jericho, would they do a VTR on their, their rivalry involving Jericho having his shitty band on Raw? Which he even said in his book, he was like, I don't understand why Vince wanted to have my band. I'm like, I appreciate it, but I'm a heel and you don't want people to boo a rock band. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, how could, why is this even, why am I even having my band on the show? <clears throat> so at least Jericho understood that much at that time. Yeah. Um, I wrote Flair is 52 here. He does not move like 52. I'm sorry. How wait, how old is Jericho now? Jericho right now? Yeah. Let me look up. Get on the uh on the Google machine there and find out how old Jericho is. Jericho right now is 52. Okay, so Flair moves better at his 52 than Jericho does now. And wrestles better and has better psychology and can cut a better promo. And he's just all around a better wrestler than Chris Jericho. Suck it, Chris. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Right there at the very beginning, Flair slaps uh, Jericho. His chop, Flair has the chops and his punches look fantastic in this match. Uh, he goes for the Flair flop and kind of flubs it up. But he, again, like with the Ray thing, <laughs> like he flubs up the Flair flop over the top rope. But he just keeps going with it and doesn't let it stop the match or slow the match down. So that it's almost like it's noticeable, but you don't notice it as much if it just the match just keeps moving. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah, he misses it, but he gets a good recovery. Uh, Jericho does the flare. The or Jericho comes off the top onto flare on the barricade. Uh, Jericho gets up, is up for most of the match. Uh, the spot where he choked Flair with the tape was really good. Uh, of course, Flair's selling is is fantastic. That's what we expect from Rick. 
I like that Jericho took the Ric Flair top rope spot where he's going for the top rope and Flair catches him and throws him off. Yeah, that was that a nice was, little reversal. Uh, yeah. Reversal of fortune, basically. Uh, Jericho gets the figure four, uh, and Flair gets a, gets a rope break, but taps at the same time. Um, so Jericho thinks he's won. He didn't. The referee tells him he didn't win, and then very shortly after that, the referee goes down. I didn't see what caused the referee to go down, and it's little Nate, so I don't know if there's a storyline here or not, but. It is uh, Charles Robinson who is Flair's, who idolizes Ric Flair and was his his uh, his his referee for almost all of his matches in his later yeah. part of his career. Um, Flair hits the low blow, which the ref doesn't see because the I think it was the tape that hit his eyes, is what it looked like. Supposedly, Flair gets the figure four and Jericho taps. Good match. I think that's like one of the first times I've seen someone tap out to the figure four. Right? Because nobody ever taps out to the figure four. It's almost always either they get to the rope and then Flair hits something and the pins them or they pin. He gets a pin with the figure four, which is that's that's what I've seen the most of because yeah. the people pass out from the pain or, you know, whatever. Good match. Uh, not a great match. Uh, you know, I think there was a. I think this was Rick was still struggling with his confidence here a little bit. I think he tried to do maybe they tried to do a little too much or something. I give mm-hmm. it a B. Yeah, I give it a B. I give it a B as well. So, yeah, we're we're on. We're, what did what did Meltzer give this? Two point seven five. Yeah, so he's 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 running about a half a star behind us. Yeah. Hey. So let's see. Uh, Paul Heyman and Lesnar in the back with Paul's ponytail. <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, again, Heyman delivers a great promo. If there's anything, Paul Heyman knows how to talk. This is true. I'll never fault him on that. Now, oh, this match. This match is so good. Eddie Guerrero versus Edge. The psychology in this match was incredible. Mm-hmm. Eddie spent the entire match working on the shoulder arm of Edge, mm-hmm. and even to the point where Ed, Eddie hits a frog splash just on the arm because I think because Edge was in a, um, mm-hmm. I forget what position you would call it, but it's like a, he was just on his hands and knees, and yep. he, he they timed it perfect, and it was just he he. I've always wondered how you do a match when your finisher doesn't work a specific arm, you know, a specific a body part. Yeah, and that's Eddie. Eddie has a frog splash. I mean, I guess you work the chest area or the or the ribs, but he spent the entire match working the shoulder and the arms, and then he, you know, even his finish move concentrated mm-hmm. on that part. It's just you know that, that's just classic Eddie at that point. He is, you know, he has this great in ring IQ. And he knows how to tell a story, and you know, and yeah, Edge is a top talent as well. But he was still, I think, he, I think he had a, I think Edge was always um, was had less in ring experience than Eddie at the time, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was, he was Eddie green, started, green. not Green Green, but you know, he was still he's still fairly new in this. And I mean, well, yeah. If if you watch the Rey Mysterio biography, 
Eddie Guerrero was something Rey Mysterio looked up to. Yeah. So Eddie had been doing it longer than Ray. Yeah, and Edge was doing it less than Eddie, I mean, less than um, less than Ray. Yeah, yeah. Because did... this, this match was amazing. Yeah, I I I love the angle, um, Ray match to, to start off. Mm-hmm. But this was this is like by far my favorite match on the card. Okay, well let's uh let's run through it. Uh, Edge versus Eddie Guerrero. Edge shines early. I wrote Young Edge is so good because he can move so well yeah. in the ring. Like, that's one of the things that really, like, you watch him now, and he's still good, and his psychology has gotten so good where, you know, you don't need, he doesn't need to, but God, when he was young, he could just run around the ring, and it was, he everything looked effortless. Um, let's see, uh, Eddie ends up in the ropes, Edge goes to the outside, and Eddie starts going after the injured shoulder. Yeah, and then I wrote exactly what you were talking about. I need more focused offense like this today. Like, yeah. like the whole match, like that's one of those things. It's like if your finisher, especially if your finisher is a uh, submission, that should be the number one thing you're trying to do the whole match is work the arm. If it's an arm bar, you should be working the legs. If it's a Boston crab or a sharpshooter or the back, you know, something yeah. you need to be working that body part because that's the whole point of trying. You're trying to win the match. You're trying to break down that body part to the point where the pain is too much for your opponent to take. Yeah. Um, I mean, at one point, Eddie was making a hammer lock look vicious. Remember oh, when yeah. he had Edge down on the ground? He had that hammer lock, and Edge is just like total baby facing it up. And Eddie is just like, it looks like the most painful hold you've ever been in your entire life. Yeah, um, I mean, that, that's more, that's both. I mean, it, it went both ways. Eddie cranking it mm-hmm. on that hold, plus Edge visually selling it on his face. That went a long way. Yeah. Well, the and way, it, yeah. The way Eddie was cranking it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of those things because people will sell now, but I don't think the heels really understand how to make a hold look, look mean. like a painful hold. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just, you don't just put their arm in that position. You start torquing it, twisting it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, jerking it around basically. And Eddie just did a great job. Oh, what a match. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's see. Eddie slows it down, which was good. You know, because Edge Shine Edge is is very fast paced offense. Uh, they go to the arm raise spot. Uh, Edge comes out, gets a little bit of hope spot, gets cut off. Um, uh, Edge's facials are fantastic. Uh, Edge hits a power slam, and then starts his comeback. Uh, he does the suplex to the outside was oh my god, like fantastic and then edge comes off the top to the floor that was good at this point in the match i wrote they've got me hooked like they you know what i mean like i'm on the edge of my seat and i've already seen this match before <laughs> you know you know like yeah. i'm watching this for the second time during the review and i'm still like oh god this is so good um the x factor from the second rope gets a two count the spear attempt into the drop kick into the frog splash but Edge gets his knees up. Like, just great, great wrestling sequences here that don't feel like sequences. It's not like yeah. they're doing something and then they stop. Um, 
the execution gets a tooth cup. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's where Eddie hits this frog splash to the shoulder of Edge. Um, and then Edge hits a spear. One, two, three, Edge wins. A plus match. A yes. Plus. A plus, yep. plus, 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 plus. Because that's, that even doesn't get a lot better than that. Nope. <laughs> Two guys, um, Edge, you know, of course, Edge was being led through this match by Eddie because, you know, Eddie's a veteran, but they, they put on a great fucking match. Um, mm-hmm. Then, uh, so after the match ends, we get the WWE, our season never ends, little hoopla. Uh, then we get the Un-Americans in the back. We get uh, uh, Christian and Lance Storm, and uh, Test is behind them with the flag. Test doesn't really say anything. Mm-hmm. Love this combination of Lance Storm and Christian. Love it. Absolutely love it. The, that promo was fantastic. <laughs> you know. Oh, before we get on, uh, just so you know, uh, they uh, Meltzer gave Edge and Eddie three and a, three and a quarter stars. What? So, three and yeah. a what? Three three point two five. I just looked it up. He did not like this match. Uh, Angle versus Mysterio did better. This was a better match than Angle versus. Mysterio. It was. I'm I'm I'm. I think the reason I didn't say anything is I'm I was more in shock. I'm reading, looking at him like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, three and a yeah, because ours was uh, a plus Four. is a five. A plus, so was, that would be like I guess uh, his equivalent of a five. Yeah. So he's uh, a good. If, if we don't do the Tokyo Dome seven star bullshit, <laughs> yeah. So, so I was very surprised with that. Yeah, that's wow. Ugh. Okay, well, you know that's Dave. Dave's yep. never liked WWE. I think he's always he's always disliked Vince because Vince didn't, you know, take him seriously. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll say is this. Um, I think it's because Dave isn't invited to these press uh, these um, press conferences. <laughs> I mean, like you know, it's funny. Um, not to get off tangent, but I remember reading these old magazines called um, Wow World of Wrestling. Yeah. And Bill Apter, I think it was a Bill Apter mag. Yeah. Like I it's, it's, like I I he was like how do I put this? When I read magazines, he was like my childhood basically in terms of wrestling magazines. Mm-hmm. How respected is he in the business? Because he's invited to these press conferences. He was at the last one for SummerSlam. Super. And I just want, like, so why why do people not care for his opinion then? Because I feel like he has been in the business a lot longer, and he's like highly respected. So why does Dave get all the credit while Bill gets you know almost forgotten? Well, the thing about Bill, or, is... I should say, almost forgotten, never talked about. Well, see, in the IWC. The thing about Bill Apter is, is all of his stuff was in kayfabe. You know what I mean? All of the yeah. sh- all of his magazines, everything he wrote was in kayfabe. He kept it up. True. So, and that's why they all the marks liked uh, Dave is because Dave was you know a smart fan who was talking to other smart fans. Whereas so Bill, yeah, Dave, no. Dave destroys the business while Bill tried to keep it alive. It, it, Absolutely, exactly. You just hit uh, the nail on the head right there, and that's why I hate Dave. Yeah, because Bill, and that's why Bill Apter is uh, respected amongst wrestlers. They all love Bill Apter. He was actually the one who, if I remember correctly, he was one of the ones who got Andy Kaufman in touch with Jerry Lawler 
to do <sighs> the the stuff in Memphis. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he he's super respected. Everybody loves Bill. That's why they. That's why he got the shout out at the very beginning of the press conference. Yeah. Was that who was that? Was that Cody that did the shout out? I think. Fairly certain it was. You know, he's like, "Oh, Bill Apter's here," and he was like, "Stand up, everybody! You know, give Bill a hand," because, you know, he still keeps it as kayfabe as he can. You know, he's talking yeah. about the wrestling business, and he's talking to wrestling fans about the wrestling business as a wrestling fan, not as a judgy. I don't know how to put put it any better than that. But no, that's a great way of saying it. Because that's what Dave is. Dave's, you know, he's he's got his you know, nose up in the air about wrestling. And he thinks that his opinion is the only opinion that matters and that nobody else, you know, that that's why he hates Jim Cornette now <laughs> because Jim Cornette wouldn't go along with Kenny Omega and the bucks being the greatest thing on the face of the planet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, you have to be completely drunk. I think that's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. So, uh, no, I've been completely drunk. They're not any better when you're drunk. <laughs> In fact, it's worse because then you're like, then th- the filter comes off and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Why the, f- who's the legal man? What's going on? 22 super kicks and you can't keep the guy down. Stop doing super kicks. Come up with a different move. It's not working. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next match, uh, book dust versus the un-Americans. Well, you know, I love this match. This is I liked it too. This is I think it was hard hitting and, and um and a good pace. Hard hitting, good pace. Great to see a good tag team match on a WWE pay per view. That that in itself is mind boggling. Um, yeah. Let's see. Gold Dust looks great coming out. Like he Booker looks like a beast again in this match. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like both of these guys look fantastic they look like they're supposed to you know um yep. gold hit a choke slam at one point too i think mm-hmm. or it looked like a choke slam that that move in the very beginning where gold dust goes over the top turnbuckle over the uh um over the the the, the um ring post to the floor yeah. like i was like holy crap <laughs> That's, i've never seen gold dust do that do yeah something. he was selling like a crazy person mm-hmm Christian takes the advantage, gets the heat on gold dust. It starts uh, great heel tactics by the un-Americans, Christian and Lance Storm. I mean, first we should know, you know, both Christian and Lance Storm are fantastic workers. Um, quick tags, lots of double teams. Hope spots come in, but they get cut off. Uh, gold dust gets the gets the hot tag, but the ref doesn't see it, so he doesn't allow it. Again, yep. building to a hot tag, man. They spent the whole the whole point of the first half of this the ninety percent of this match was to get that hot tag to Booker T and get him in there to clean house, and that is exactly what happens. They get the double clothesline. Both guys go down. He goes for the pin, but Lance Storm pulls pulls Booker off the apron. Um, they go for the concerto, but they miss it. Hot tag. Finally, Booker comes in. They feed for him fantastically. Booker hits a missile drop kick. The ref goes down. They hit, um, 
He hits a double scissor kick, but there's no ref. Chaos ensues. Lance Storm tries to come in with the belt, but misses. And then Tess comes in with a big boot and puts him down. Christian gets the pin and the win. Great finish. Fantastic tag team match. I gave this one an A plus too. I love this match. I give this an A minus. An A minus. Yeah, it was. I mean, I thought the pacing was great. I'm a big Storm fan, big Booker T, big Goldos fan. Love Christian. I, I don't know. I just didn't think it was as good as the Edge and Edge and Eddie match. So I couldn't give it an A plus. I just figured oh. A minus would be, you know, just would be very respectful of it oh, no. because it was just a, it was a really good classic tag match like you said first half is all about drawing for the hot tag and it was you know you couldn't have asked for a better um pace of it you couldn't have asked for better you know s- storytelling it was really good for a tag match and you know everybody and when the, when, when the hot tag came in and booker t clean house just beautiful the crowd nothing wrong the crowd went nuts for it it was expertly executed i think part of it for me was well and, and i'm biased i love tag team wrestling so yeah you know i i tend to to grade tag and you know again but yes folks i will admit it unlike dave Meltzer, my <laughs> my ratings are totally biased as to what i like and what i don't like yeah now most of what i like is stuff that actually works and most of what i don't like is stuff that doesn't work but there are some times where I'm going to give something like this probably a higher score. I think, you know, yours would be probably be more of a fair score. Mm-hmm. Mine's inflated for a couple of reasons. One, I love tag team wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and the past few pay-per-views we've done from WWE have not had one good tag match on them. Nope. Um, so to have a, a match this good, a tag match this good on a WWE pay-per-view is that that great i like seeing booker t look like a beast then yeah, when he i was came i was in, very appreciative of that too when he came in and he looked like a damn world champion there like just he's so big and just powerful um you know gold dust sold his ass off christian and uh lance storm are perfect you know smarmy better than you heels like the whole thing just i was i was so happy <laughs> i'm so happy i'm so happy but uh so it worked it worked for me they got me so i gave it the the a plus you the gave a it plus. the a minus which again is probably the fairer score but eh, you know do you want to know what dave gave it oh my god uh two stars no actually a little better than that okay three three stars well all right so dave gave it a what a b I guess. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be a B. Yeah, well, whatever, Dave. It was better than that. It was better than a B. I think your A- is is probably... More fair. Really yeah, I think yeah. I, I think that's more fair. My my bias is obviously showing with my A+, but that's just because... Well, I mean, and, I, it's not like your A+, isn't based on anything, though. I mean, it's it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. It's it, you, you, can, you can make a colorable argument that it's an A+. I just, you know, I just felt like I just felt because I gave it out to Eddie and Edge. It's it's almost hard to top. Yeah, I I kind of I I went back and forth with it a little bit of like, yeah. do I give it an A? Do I give it a plus? But I was just like, I just enjoyed it so much. Yeah, and it's a no, exactly. You know, it's it's it. There's another thing that I've always said. Uh, 
about matches and, and when you're grading them. Rewatchability. Can you go back and rewatch this match again and enjoy it again? Yeah. You know? And I think and I can that, do that with Angle and Ray, and I can do that with Edge and Eddie, and, mm-hmm. and I can even do it with, this, with Booker T. Goldust match. Mm-hmm. So Every, these three matches were these three matches are the ones you should watch this card for. Yeah, yeah, I definitely I agree. I agree, but we do have more matches on the card, so yep. we've got to get through those. Uh, let's see, there they go to WWE New York where they're having a makeout contest or something with Jamie Noble and his uh, uh, was that his sister wife. Nydia. Yeah. So that was something. That was a thing that happened. Yep. Um, we get Eric and Stephanie back in the office, and that was, again, weird and awkward. Um, then we get the murderer versus RVD. Obviously, we did not review that one. Nope. And we don't the, care what Dave it gave it because... It doesn't matter. It never happened. Yep, exactly. <laughs> what happened is just we ignore it completely because that's what he deserves. Yes. Sucks for RVD. Yes. Because I love RVD, but I'm sure he'll get another. I'm sure of the next pay-per-view, he'll have a match on it. We were, it's funny. I was, uh, I don't know if you caught this on Twitter the other day. Somebody was like, what's your favorite ladder match? And, uh, of course, mine's the Christian uh, RVD uh, IC title match that happened on Raw. But I was like, my other one has to be that, that Jeff Hardy RVD hardcore championship ladder match yeah because that was so good like so it like innovative but yet it it you know like we were talking about at the time it it made sense it was like they were thinking of stuff to do in the moment not like oh this is my next spot i got to move the ladder over here for this yeah you know just very organic feeling and it was one ladder oh it's funny uh talking of speaking of AEW. The other week on Collision, well, first of all, the first match was a uh, was for Andrade's mask that the House of Black had stolen from him. Don't ask; it's a stupid program. It's over now. Thank but God. they called it a ladders match, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, at least well, they're being yeah, they're being truthful." It. Because it exactly. was like there were like 10 ladders around the ring. They used all of them. It was ridiculous. I fast forwarded through it. And then the next match was Darby Allen. He's like, I came here for a fight. He had to fight the 55 year old Japanese guy. Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see Suzuki. I don't want to see a broken down old Japanese man having a wrestling match. On the the one wrestling show I really really like, or the one AEW show I like, excuse me. Yeah. Anyway, I I, I feel I feel for you, buddy. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Now uh, the next match is Test versus Undertaker. Um. Yeah. I wrote Test is like match. vanilla group heater. Like every time, yes, they need a big guy a big guy for a group of people. Well, let's put test in there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, this is a two big man match. Uh, let's see. The Undertaker goes for the old school and test thwarts it, which I thought was nice. I like, I love that spot. Actually, it was the first time someone actually decided to do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I like that. That, that, that made me more open to this match than, than originally when I was watching it. Um, 
the spot that Undertaker took where he slammed into the stairs and like flipped over him, yeah, was good. Yeah, uh, um, Undertaker was actually selling for a little while for Test, mm-hmm. and Test got some heat, which was nice. Um, but then I was like, does anyone actually think Test will win this match? Nope. <laughs> Undertaker makes a comeback. Hits an old school. Um, Tess goes for the, uh, actually hits the old school. Tess goes for the pump handle, uh, pump handle slam, but that's countered. Was it a pump handle slam or did he do a pump handle power bomb? Uh, uh, for his finish or for what he was going there? Yeah, I think for his finish, it was a pump handle slam, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the one that Goldberg does, you know, where he, he the meltdown that yeah. the Raph uses or <coughs> Brian Clark. Uh, two, uh, uh, let's see, Undertaker hits a choke slam for a two count. Uh, Storm and Christian come in, but Taker, of course, takes both of them out. Test hits a big boot for a two count. Tombstone pile driver, Taker wins. I gave this a C plus. Same. Um, it was, it, you know, like it was, there was nothing wrong with it, but it just wasn't. As eh. good as everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think I. I do think that the matches around it did uh, um, kind of hinder it getting over as much as it probably, it, much as it maybe could have. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was basic. It was what it needed to be. I did like the fact the plus comes from the fact that test that Undertaker that test thwarted the old school the first time because God knows I hate that move anyway. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm, and whenever you know people are bouncing around the ropes, they're like, "Well, but the Undertaker," and I'm like, "Well, one, he's the Undertaker, and two, I hate that fucking move because it's stupid. Why are you going to let somebody just walk across the ropes holding your arm? Yeah, you know, and not try and pull him down or push him off or something. Yep. Um, but I like that, and I like the Taker sold for test for a little bit. Same. Undertaker doesn't sell enough, especially in the American badass persona he didn't sell shit most of the time so true the one thing i didn't like about this match and it took, took me a while to figure out why it was okay because mm-hmm. i was originally going to give this a c maybe a c minus you had booker t and goldust unable to stop one man's interference which caused the un-americans to win yeah then you had undertaker able to stop two wrestlers from the un-americans mm-hmm. and still win to me, a numbers game, two versus one, you, you 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 lose. Yeah. But then it's like, well, wait a minute. They just came from a big match. They're they're tired. They're weaker. Of course, they're not going to be able to take out the Undertaker. So I can live with that. And it, you know, it, again, like as to what you were saying, does anything believe anybody believe Tess is going to win this match? No. But if you look at what happened earlier on in the story, interference allowed the Un-Americans to sneak away with the win. Now you have Lance Storm and Christian coming out. So, oh, no, The Undertaker could lose because it worked already once. Yeah. So it adds to the drama. I get it. I'm okay with it. I'm not terribly happy because I believe in, like, if you're outnumbered, you're outnumbered. I don't care who you are. You should, yeah. Unless, you know, you, you, Ultimate Warrior, Goldberg, Taker, you should you, you, you succumb to the numbers game. Otherwise, you get something stupid like a shock stick causing you to lose a match. Or you, so, you get the... Uh, um... You get what we got at Survivor Series where Undertaker takes on five guys at the same damn time and just beats the crap out of all five of them. Yeah. 
ridiculous. Doesn't need it. Stupid. So stupid. It made made yeah. everybody in that match look like shit. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, everybody so, except for Stone Cold because I think he was the only one that Taker wasn't beating the crap out of. Yeah, I think you're right. So I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I'm not based on what we saw. I had to, I rationalized it. I'm okay, but that's what caused it to be. You know, I almost gave it a C minus because of that. That yeah, one I thing. That. Okay. Well, there we go. So C plus it is for Taker and Test. Then we get a VTR. Oh, what did Dave give this one? Two point two five. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're that's... we're we're with him on that one. I'm okay yeah. with that. We're we're around there. Uh, so let's see. We get a VTR on Triple H versus HBK. Um, damn right, it was me. I thought that was good. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, and again, why is Triple H always having people always have to do with cars? He got Rikishi to fucking run over Stone Cold. <laughs> he got, uh, you know, now he's he's he doesn't know. Well, I don't know who put Sean into the car. So stupid. So did Rikishi do it? Wait, did Jimmy do it for The Rock? We didn't even Probably. talk about the fucking twist Smackdown, ending yeah. of the Roman Reigns match. <sighs> Which I think is stupid. It needs to be somebody else. There needs to be somebody else involved in this freaking feud because this it's the same characters and it's starting to be it's starting to be like the soap operas where like yes, everybody knows who the bad guy is and that he kidnapped the good guy's girlfriend again. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we all know. We all know that Bo's got to go save, you know, his 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 uh, Bo's got to go save Billy, or you know, John's got to go save Marlena. It's the same shit every fucking week. <coughs> That's how it's getting to be with the bloodline shit. But moving on, I agree. To uh, that's why I said me and my wife both say when. Uh, that Sammy was really the glue that held that storyline together. And when Sammy left and started doing their own thing, it wasn't part of it anymore. It really started to get really boring really fast. I agree. Cause it wasn't the whole like rumor that, Oh, this was supposed to end, but then Sammy kept it going. Kept, Sammy got it over more. So we didn't want to cancel the story that soon. Well, no, it was Sammy. Wasn't supposed to be a very big part of it. Sammy's was only supposed to oh, be that's right. yeah. like, like a, a week weeks. or two. Yeah, and, but Sammy's what got it over because, and I was thinking about this earlier today. Sammy was the audience, right? Because Sammy's not Samoan, he's not involved. He doesn't know any of this backstory or the culture or anything. So he was us in this situation. You see what I'm saying? Just trying yeah. to belong, be part of this group. Now we, as an audience, have no real frame of reference. You know, like. Do we cheer for Jay? I mean, Jay was an asshole to Sammy for fucking months. You know, now Jimmy's being an asshole to Jay. Why? Because he doesn't want Jay to be the tribal chief because then he's not going to be his friend anymore. Like, you, you know what I mean? Or, you know, he's not going to be his, well, he'll still be his brother, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's It's melodrama. It's, it's taken from, you know, whereas with Sammy, plus there's no fucking comedy. I'm sorry. You need a little something to break this fucking tension up a little bit. Yeah. Nobody's oozy anymore. None of them. <laughs> They've all lost their. They've oosiness. lost their oozy Yes. We need the oozy back. 
Speaking of two other guys who have no zero oosiness, the HBK versus Triple H. Sorry. I'm going to do something different with this one, and I'm going to tell you what Meltzer gave it right from the beginning. What did, what did he give it? He gave it the highest star of the, ma- of the night. 4.25. The highest rank of the match, uh, of, the, of the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, mean, I don't think it's the best match on the show, but... It is, by, it is far from the best match. I really liked it. I, you know me, I hate hardcore matches. So I, I, that's already got a disadvantage for me. I hate hardcore matches, but I thought they did a really good job with this one. Okay. Um, I like that HBK came out dressed for a street fight. I hate it when they have a, you know, of course, Triple H comes out in wrestling gear. I hate it when you have a no DQ match or a street fight or something like that. And the guys just come out in their regular gear. It's like, no, yeah. this is it's supposed to be a fight. Dress for a fight, you yep. know. <laughs> uh, hot start HBK shines early they go to the outside trash can uh, sweet chin they pull out a trash can sweet kid music misses the heat starts on Sean uh, they of course trip, or Triple H is focusing on Sean's quote unquote broken back um, I wrote I've missed Sean selling because this is the first time we've we've had a uh a pay-per-view with Sean on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. In God, what was the last one? That would have been in 98. I don't even think you were reviewing with me then. So, uh, then they pull out a chair. Uh, Sean mm-hmm. starts fighting back, gets a hope spot. Um, then he gets juiced. Uh, then triple H pulls off the belt and starts looking for something. Oh, it's the foam sledgehammer. <laughs> Sorry, that thing was foam. As soon as he pulled it out, I was like, that's not a real sledgehammer. That is foam that's been painted. Um, the abdominal stretch was pretty good. Uh, Hebner gets on Triple H for a minute. <coughs> then the Hulk spot, I was like, the focus on the back is key. I don't know what I meant by that, but... It definitely worked. Um, Triple H is going at it. Sean won't stay down. Triple H is getting frustrated. Goes for a pedigree. Gets hit with a low blow. HBK chance start. Um, I like the super kick of the chair into Triple H's face. I thought that was good. Triple H gets a great crimson mask. Um, I wrote now this is a comeback because Sean's making his big comeback. Uh the Triple H does a great bump over the top rope onto the floor where he goes all the way over the top rope, hits the floor, bounces, and then hits the barricade. Um, Shawn Michaels gets the belt. A Triple H is literally leaving puddles of blood on the floor uh, at this point. Uh, <laughs> Shawn Michaels takes off the announcer's shoe and hits Triple H with it. Uh, hits him with a bulldog onto the stairs, pulls out a ladder. I wrote, this is a great no DQ match. Um, they hit a superplex for two count. Now it's starting to pick up. Um, <coughs> the drop toe hold where Triple H is holding the stairs was fantastic. Totally well done. The table comes out, hits with the fire hydrant. Uh, splashes Triple H through the top or through the table from the top rope 
hits the elbow off the ladder. This is where I wish he would have gone for a pin, but he didn't. Goes for Sweet Chin Music, which gets blocked. The pedigree gets reversed into, uh, or Triple H goes for pedigree, which gets reversed into a pin. I believe that was a roll-up. It was a, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, like a schoolboy or something. I can't remember what. Uh, HBK gets the win. Triple H hits him with the sledgehammer. JR's going crazy. They bring out the stretcher. <coughs> Not that it matters. It was a, I remember now. It was a jackknife roll-up. He reversed the pedigree and then just jackknifed over him. I thought it was really good for a no DQ match. I thought there was psychology involved. There was an obvious heel and a baby face. The they used they used weapons, but they thought they used them smartly. Nothing yeah. felt like it was forced into place. The garbage cans a little much. I don't really like, you know, because they don't. If they had those type of garbage cans in the arena, that would make sense. But they never have those aluminum garbage cans in the arena so they're literally just there you know because everything else under the ring the chairs the uh uh, the tables the fire extinguisher all that stuff that would be under the ring anyway um i like the pulling off the guy's shoe because that felt very like just in the moment Mm -hmm. um i don't know i really liked it of course i'm also a huge Shawn Michaels mark, so it might have just been the fact that Shawn Michaels is back, and when I haven't seen him in you know months and months and months, yeah. so I'm like, finally, another guy I can look forward to have his matches on the card. Of course, now I won't see him again till the Elimination Chamber, <laughs> so we won't even. I'm, yeah, it won't be till next next time we do a SummerSlam. Yep. So here's my only thoughts on this one. It's like we said at the earlier part of the show. If you have a street fight, no DQ, you don't need 27 minutes to do a to do a match. Yes, and that's exactly what this was. This was a 27 minute hardcore match. Yes, but it moved. It did. It moved, and it was good pacing. It was logical. Everything, you know, it it made sense. It wasn't gratuitous. I like that. Um, it's a hardcore match. I'm always afraid it's going to get too. Um, like there's a point of diminishing returns, but a hardcore match, mm-hmm. this didn't reach that. So I didn't go as hard on it as I could have. I gave it a C. Okay. Um, usually, you know, like a like, I would have been far worse. I just think it went tons long, just because again, it is a hardcore match, and this is one of Sean's like, um, what is it? Earlier matches coming back from the. His, this is his, his first match back. First match, yeah. So he should not be lasting this long. Yeah. I don't care who's gonna get the win. He should not be going this long in this whole in this whole thing and i just thought that didn't make sense to me yeah you want to have you know your mr wrestlemania come back and you know show that he did not lose a step or and that he can still perform at a high level but this was not the um match to do it in um so for me you know i'll, I'll go as high as a c plus but i can't I, I again it's like it just it was just too much i gave it an a minus Okay, I can see that. I know, I know, because you're um. That's my boy. In the point, point you laid out too, it made it made sense. The only well, if, like, if this had been a regular match, I would have given it higher. It just you know. I just it's the, the hardcore matches. The, 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 I just could take it oh, out yeah. of it. I understand. Uh, That's there, my bias. There were a couple things about it that I thought made it a good hardcore match. One, they pulled out a table, but they only pulled out one table. 
You know what I mean? They used a chair. They only used <laughs> one, two chairs. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Sean didn't go underneath the ring and pull out 20 chairs and start throwing them in the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so it wasn't, I don't know. That was, that was one of the things I liked that it made sense. It felt like everything was happening. I know it was long, but eh, I'm going to let this, I'll let it go on this one. Like I said, it's, it's, it's Sean. I got a soft spot for him. I'm biased. That's fine. He's my Kenny Omega. (laughs) (laughs) Since Brett's gone, no more Brett Hart. You know, but Brett, I never had to give Brett any leeway on a match because Brett's matches were always, well, no, I did because there was that match, the doink Jerry Lawler match and was that SummerSlam 90, I want to say 92, Mm -hmm. something like that. No, it might've been 94. I can't remember. It was one of the, one one of those SummerSlams in the early nineties. But mm-hmm. it was the match was not particularly good, but it got a uh, it, it got a, a decent grade for me because it's like, well, it's Brett. I like Brett and Jerry Halaller is a good heel. Um, anyway, moving on from that, we get probably the cringiest segment I've ever seen on uh, WWE television to this point. Where Howard Finkel's out in the ring cutting a promo for whatever reason Howard Finkel should. Uh, And Trish comes out and they make a really bad puppy wiener dog joke. I'm, I'm just going to leave it there, folks. You can figure that one out on your own. It was fucking stupid. I can't believe that that got put on a, a a pay-per-view. That was obviously Vince. (laughs) Am I right? I would have to, I would have to say so. Yes. Okay. There's no, there's no way it wasn't. We get uh, Brock versus The Rock. Brock Rock, BTR. Um, let's see. Uh, the you know Leading into the match. And here it is, the main event. Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman versus The Rock. Um, first thing I wrote, Brock is terrifying. <laughs> He's, and I've talked about this in, by Instagram chat, Brock Lesnar is probably the most terrifying person ever in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. I mean, not maybe not not ever ever, but definitely in the last thirty years, because the guy is just. I mean, he's 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 terrified. I wouldn't ask for his autograph <laughs> if I was at a fucking if he was at a comic con. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, I would be scared. He's just one of those people. Like he could just kick your ass just cause he was bored and he could snap a guy like me in half. hundred um, <laughs> percent. Okay. So, uh, Brock gets down in the ring. The rock runs down the ring for a hot start. Uh, Brock is up most of this match. I mean, let's face it. This match is pretty much the decimation of the rock by Brock yeah. Lesnar. Um, the first time Rock hits an actual an actual wrestling move that's not a strike is six minutes into the match. I believe it's that. a DDT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Rock. I mean, Rock would get a couple of strikes here and there, but Brock was le- Brock was in full charge of this match. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because Brock gets Rock gets a couple hope hope spots. Heyman does some cheating on the outside. Um, I like the kick. The kick was good by Paul Heyman. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Rock spends the whole time fighting from underneath. Uh, selling, of course, his ribs are supposed to be injured, so he's selling those as well. Um, let's see where are we at here. Um, they both do a kip up at the same time, so that again negates one of the rocks things. Yep. Um, I wrote the rock sharpshooter sucks. It does. It's worst so sharpshooter ever. Like the point where where Brock was like laying flat, and it was almost like he was just kind of holding his legs there. I was like, come on, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like the whole point of the sharpshooter is you're supposed to be grabbing them. Like the both legs or both like boots should be almost entirely behind your legs or your, your arms. You know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. you can get the arch on their back. And the, anyway, never mind. His sharpshooter sucks. Um, Heyman calls the distraction. Uh, Brock comes in with a chair to the ribs. Brock's bear hug sucked too. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it sucked when they were standing up. When he got him on the ground, it looked pretty good. Um, they do the arm lift spot. Uh, crowd's booing the rock. Uh, let's see. Uh, the rock gives Brock a low blow. Now they bring out a table. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a rock bottom to Heyman on the announce table. That was a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, rock bottom for two. Then the Brock bottom. I thought that was uh, that was fantastic. Uh, the people's elbow it gets countered. F five gets countered. F five gets hit, and Brock wins. I got this a B plus. Um, it was good. It was entertaining. I was with it, but it wasn't. I don't know. It was. It, I knew what it was going to be coming into the match. As soon as I saw it was Brock Lesnar versus The Rock, I was like, Brock's going to completely demolish The Rock and win this match. There's no way Brock Lesnar's losing. <laughs> so, no. um, I mean, I gave it a B minus. Okay. I there were spots, spots, spots I liked, like the whole bear, reverse bear hug where he kind of used it into pinning pinning maneuvers. Mm-hmm. I liked. Um, you know, a lot of the in-ring action when he went to the outside, I was like, eh, I didn't care. I didn't really like care for Paul Heyman's interference. Mm-hmm. I mean, because like, granted, I'm watching this in a vacuum, basically, because I don't remember what how I remember Brock was billed as the next big thing. I just can't remember how dominant he was in those matches. Like, did he need Paul Heyman interference? My not really, because he had just he, come that, off. He had just come off beating the ever-loving shit out of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know why Paul is getting involved. It's taking away from the, from the like. Is he is he concerned that Brock can't beat Rock? I yeah, mean, that's I, I I feel like that's been something I've never seen in a in a in a Brock match, at from this time period. Yeah. So that took away from it. So that's why I dropped it to a B minus. I was like, okay, it was probably a B B plus, like what you gave it. But I was like, uh, I don't know. Just a lot of the a lot of the spots didn't make sense for the you know, next big thing, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, like you didn't need like Brock was never in any danger when Rock was getting attacked by Heyman. Yeah, and that just seems so out of 
touch for Heyman to do. I've never seen Heyman get involved in the match. Yeah, that's uh, true. Because to, to that extent. Yeah, yeah. I, it was. I think it's. I think part of it is also we're thinking of Paul Heyman now. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. You know where he doesn't really get involved, whereas Paul Heyman. Well, Paulie dangerously was always involved, whether he yeah, had to be or not. That is true. So Paul was in the process of changing his management style, I believe. Yeah. Because um, I look at it, I look at it more as no, he didn't need to help Brock. He just wanted to be an asshole. Yeah, I can see that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like kind of like Jim Cornette. He didn't really need to, you know, hit so and so in the neck with the. He didn't need to hit the Malky in the neck with the tennis tennis racket. racket. He just did it. Because he just he did it because you know he's an asshole and he thinks it's funny. Yeah. You know? So I think it was more of that than it was anything else. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I get that. But yeah, so uh, that's one of the, I, I one of the issues point. when you watch it in a vacuum when you when you don't remember what's happening in all the context. You can't really remember like, oh yeah, that was typical Paul Heyman, you know, act, um, you know, acts back then. Well, so what's funny is I don't really remember Paul managing Brock during this period. Like really, that was like, I, I, that's all I remember. I, I, I don't remember the periods where Brock wasn't managed by Paul. And I know there was a lot, but those periods did not stand out for me. My, my biggest memories of Brock Lesnar are always when. Paul was managing him, except for Lumberjack Farmer Brock that came about during the Daniel Bryan era or after Daniel Bryan left WWE. That's what I remember. That, that's the only time I remember Brock not being managed by Paul. I think it was because Brock was a baby face when I watched in 2003. That's probably what happened, yeah, because he had already split from Paul at that time. Yeah, because he was the first Brock thing I remember is him and Big Show with the ring collapse. Yeah. And Paul was managing was managing Big Show at the time, I think. Was he? I don't even yeah. remember that. Yeah, Paul Paul Heyman took on Big Show, A-Train, and a slew of others. I think Matt Morgan at one point too as like a team to go up against Brock Lesnar. Okay. I I, I right. think the the gist of the story was I'm going to destroy what I created because he's ungrateful. Okay, I, I think that was like the gist of the story. I do remember the uh, uh, the match where Brock Lesnar had to drive Big Show, had to put Big Show on a fucking forklift and drive yep. him back to the ring. Yep, I remember that because, like I said, that that, that was in yeah two thousand late two thousand two early two thousand three. Yeah, I watched for a little bit um, because my roommates did. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll watch. You know, yeah. so I because I, re- I remember that I remember. Yeah, because I was a big Christian fan. I was a big Lance Storm fan. <laughs> um, I liked. Uh, uh, I don't even remember if Lance Storm was there at that time, was he? I think he still was. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Brock. I'm here. All righty. Well, uh, that's it. Yeah, overall, I gave it an A minus. That was my. Yeah, I, I, I'd give it an A minus too. I'm not sure what my averages came out to. If that actually was an A minus, but it was, you know, overall, I felt very satisfied with the show. The, it and averaged, I felt, thought, it, thought it was great. It averaged out to a 3.8, uh, which is 
B minus A plus somewhere or B minus or B plus A minus blah, somewhere in that range. And I was like, A minus sounds good. It was, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Like, yeah, even the only matches, two matches I hated, even the matches that weren't great were still pretty good, you know, yeah. overall. Yeah, but, they were either average or above average. So, especially yeah. considering off of the the abysmal WWE pay per view we had just come off of the Survivor Series two thousand one, that was oh god. Yeah, yeah. Well, we well we won't go back there. I don't want you to have. I don't want to trigger your PTSD. No, please, please don't. We we I just you know, I'm getting over it. <laughs> He's getting over it all over again. Yeah, it took me. It took me like five years to get over it the first time. <laughs> but uh, so there, there we are, folks. That was uh, that was SummerSlam 2002. Um, I believe the next episode we're going to be doing a uh, uh, that'll be the what the uh, WCW January or February 21st. I want to say, yeah, that might be it. It's going to be um, of February WCW, so okay, so we'll do one of those because I, you know, I, I, I want to get back. I want to see what's going to happen with Lex Luger and Barry Windham and the Four Horsemen. Like, I was a little dis like the clip show one was a really good episode. It was cool, but I was like, I want to see what's going to happen. <laughs> Damn it! I gotta watch my, I gotta watch my shows, my programs. But anyway, all right. Well, uh, you got anything else for the? Oh, um, oh crap! My iPad all the way over there. We'll negate it this week. I think we got eight, eight, uh, eight views last week oh, for our last oh, that's, episode. So we're between that, eight and sad. eleven. That's sad. We got to do better. <laughs> I mean, we got three on the one before that. So. Oh, okay. We're we're doing better then. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it was between 8 and 11. It's hard to say because I think it only counts views on Spotify. So if people are on another program, I don't know. I don't know how they how they do their stuff, but uh anyway, let's just hope we've got a we we've got a huge underground following that we don't know about and as long as Triple yeah. H continues to listen to our show, we will continue to do it. Exactly. So all righty. Um, that is it for us, folks. Um, you can find us at Back to the Ring on Twitter. You can find Rob at The Real Pinoy Rob. And um, anything else you need to plug? Anything else you want to say to the, the fine folks listening to our fine podcast? No, I'm good. I'll let you close it out as always. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this episode of Back to the Ring. We will be back in the next episode with a brand new review of uh, WCW from 1987. And until then, in the good in the in the words of my good friend Arn Anderson, it's been your pleasure. So long. <laughs>